Well, good morning and welcome each one of you to our service today. Have you ever read through scripture and especially the Old Testament and asked the question, why? Why did God use this person and not that person? Um, you know, because sometimes the heroes in the Old Testament are not the nicest person. They're not the person who did the right thing thing in certain situations. Um, I'm often, I think of King David, who was a man after God's own heart, and we know that he did a lot of things that were just plain down not right, Um, but he also followed God. And today, I want to pick up with that thought of kind of, let's look and understand you know, what happened here to get an idea of maybe a little glimpse of why, you know, why God chose, why he used certain people. Um, But to do that, I want to take a step back and have a little bit of a history lesson today. So um, I want to do three, we're going to kind of do three things today. The first two are, we're going to kind of just walk our way through understanding what happened when at certain times in the Old Testament, picking up from last time I preached where we looked at the first 12 chapters of Genesis. We're going to look at 12 through 50 today. So we have a larger, a larger chunk of, script of the um, Genesis we're going to look at. Interestingly enough, we're going to cover a much shorter period of time. So we'll get into that in just a moment. But just a little review from last time. So from Adam to Abraham, does anybody remember how many years was from Adam to the birth of Abraham? At least the way I defined it last time. Okay, well, no takers on that. Um, it, roughly speaking, we're looking at 1,948 years, give or take a little bit. Um, you can, there's a lot of opinions on this, so we're going to go with this number. Um, and um, the end of Genesis is roughly 2,000. 255 years, so the de- we're going to call that the death of Joseph. So we're looking at, in the chapters today, we're going to call it 307 years. Um, if I didn't get the math right, tell me after church and we'll have a correction next, next Sunday. But that's the way I'm doing the math today. Um, so 307 years Last time we looked at 1948 years, so much shorter period of time. One thing that's just interesting to realize in this time is we went from people routinely living over 900 years to people are gradually diminishing in lifespan. So we're seeing lifespans often, you know, over 100 years but less than 200 years. So. Um, yeah, it's just it's a different it's a change that happens. I you know we could get into that, but we're not going to. But just to be aware of that as we look at that this. So in these four chapters, we have four people we will be talking about, 
And they are Abraham or Abram, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. So they are going to be the main characters in these 50 chapters. There's some overlap in that, but you should be aware of that. If we had to do a pop quiz, you ought to be able to answer these basic questions about Genesis. Um, but, and then finally, it's interesting to look at, come from the history side of this, it's interesting to kind of look at, you know, who came from where and how this all merged together. So, my background is I spent a lot of time studying genetics. And so the, I am very, I love these charts. They just speak to me. I look at them and I see and I'm like, oh, this happened. But if you're in high school, you've probably done some of these similar you know, charts where you're doing the triangles and the circles and all this stuff. So, um, but I just want to walk everyone through kind of what's going on and some other of the shall we say, um, supporting cast in these, um, these chapters. So we're going to start with Lot. And let me see if I can make this point. Maybe I can't. Um, there we go. So we have Lot right up here. So if you remember last time, we talked very briefly about Terah. And there's not a lot about him, but it's important to realize that most of both the spouses and the men, or well, the women and the men, come from the descendants of Terah. So um, we see lots over here, and um, just from the, I can't make this work. So we have Lot up there at the top, um, and just from this very quickly, Lot and Abraham are what is their relation? Anybody? Just. Um, no. So, yes, yes, you're right. Sorry. Yeah. It gets, yeah, I'm getting a little turned around. So, uncle and nephew. And then also, we have, so the other thing that's kind of interesting to see is that Esau marries Hagar's daughter. So that's just another kind of interesting, or not daughter, but granddaughter. So we, so up here. So up here is Hagar, and then Esau is down here, and he is marrying, I guess it's a great grand, I'm really bad at, okay, a granddaughter. So just, it's interesting to see these connections, and I think the bigger picture that I'm try I want to point out here is who God uses and who he's not able to use, or um, uses in a different way. And we clearly see it following that promise from Abraham down through um, Jacob, and then we see the tribes at the very bottom. So... Um, that's just fascinating to me to look at that and also put it in perspective. So um, I'll leave that up for a little bit. Hopefully it's not distracting, but if you're trying to kind of take it all in, it's, um, it is interesting to look at. So moving on to kind of an overview of these chapters, if you have a pen and a piece of paper, I think it's good to jot 
kind of these sections down. So if we start in chapter 12, we're going to see Abraham, and he is going to be kind of the person who a lot of um, 12 through 25 is about. So he's going to be the pr one of the primary characters in 12 through 25 of Genesis. And then moving through the book, Isaac gets introduced in chapters 21, and he's going to be the primary, one of the primary characters, shall we say, from 21 to 28. Then, and we obviously are going to have overlap because these are sons and they get born, so we have from 25 to 50, Jacob is going to be, um, you know, in that, um, he's not always the primary character, but he's, you know, in that section. So all the way to the end of the Genesis. And then the, then we have Joseph, who is going to be introduced in roughly chapter 30 and is also going to be through the end of, um, of the um, book. So, again, I think it's just good to have these big picture ideas in, in our minds as we look at this book. And the final thing, kind of from a history standpoint, that I'm going to point out is, or maybe not a history standpoint, but just I think a really good practice is, at some point, it's really good for us to read these accounts kind of in one sitting and just read through it. And, you know, you can do that if you don't want to, you know, actually read the entire book of Genesis in one sitting. Split it up into these chunks and read through it. It really opens your mind to understanding what happened and kind of the life of these individuals. So, and one other thing I'll just throw out there is if you are on a trip and just driving, put it on, you know, and listen to it as a story. It really, it helps you understand what happened. And I think it's really easy if you do that to, you know, listen to the whole book of Genesis. Um, so just some pointers in, in kind of getting that big picture. So you can take that down, Brandon. That way it's not distracting us all. Um, all message. So with that background, I want to move into a question, and that's the question I introduced in the beginning. Have you ever wondered why or maybe how did God use these people? Well, and then as you think about that, the bigger question is, well, can he use me? And what can God use in us? What made, you know, what made one person somebody that God was able to use for his kingdom and another person was not, especially thinking about in the Old Testament? And so I want to look at three characters that we see in, the old, in this large chunk of scriptures and we're just going to read a couple accounts that I have picked out. And I just want to point out, um, you know, how God used them. 
And then throughout all of them, I want to think about, you know, what is that common thing that God is using? And so we're going to start with Abraham or Abram. And we're going to read Genesis 13, 1 through 18. This is the largest passage we'll read, but I did feel like it was good to read this whole thing. And I will also say one of the things we'll notice in, in Genesis is there's a lot of kind of two people. One God uses, and one he doesn't use, or isn't able to use, or I, I, I'm not quite sure how to articulate that because ultimately, you know, that's not, it's not, we're not talking about predestination where he's, you know, saying this person goes one place and this person goes another place. We're talking about the choice that people make. So in this account, we have both Lot and Abram, um, and, and we see the difference in their response and then God's response to them. So we're going to start reading verse 13, verse 1. Then Abram went up from Egypt, and he and his wife and all that he had, and Lot with him to the south. Abram was very rich in livestock, in silver, and in gold. And he went on his journey from the south as far as Bethel, to the place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Ai, to the place of the altar which he had made there at first, and then Abram called on the name of the Lord. Lot also went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. Now the land was not able to support them, and they might dwell together, for their possessions were so great there that they could not dwell together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. The Canaanites and the Pezzarites then dwelt in the land. So Abram said to Lot, Please let there be no strife between you and me, and between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brethren. Is it not the whole land before you? Please separate from me. If you take the left, I will go to the right. Or if you go to the right, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted his eyes and saw all the plains of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as you go toward Zor. Then Lot chose for himself all the plains of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated from each other. Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the city of the plain, and pitched his tent, and even so far as Sodom. But the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, Lift up your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the lands which you see I give to you and your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Arise and walk in the land through its length and its width, for I will give it to you. Then Abram moved his tent and went and dwelt by Terabith, the Terabith trees of Merim, 
which are in Hebron, and he built an altar there to the Lord. So, again, what I want us to see in this passage is two choices. In verse 13, we see Lot chose the men of Sodom who were exceedingly wicked. And Abraham, his response to this was, we obviously see him not choosing the wicked men of the world, but we also see his response is to build an altar and worship the Lord. His focus is on God. And that's kind of a recurring theme that I, can t- I see through the Old Testament. God uses people who, when all the chips are down, their response is to worship and obey him. And I think that's just something that, you know, as we look at, if we look at that genealogy, we would see the people who he uses are, you know, fall into that category. So we're not going to look at Isaac just for the sake of time, and we're going to hop over to looking at Jacob. And we're going to read um, Genesis 31, verses 1 through 13. Now Jacob heard the words of Laban's son, saying, Jacob has taken away all that was our father's, and from that our father's he has acquired wealth. And Jacob saw the countenance of Laban, and indeed it was not favorable toward him. Then the Lord said to Jacob, Return to the land of your fathers and to your family, and I will be with you. So Jacob sent and called Rachel and Leah to the field to his flock and said to them, I see your father's countenance, and it is not favorable toward me as before. But the God of my fathers has been with me, and you know that with my might I have served your father. Yet your father has deceived me and changed my wages ten times. But God did not allow him to hurt me. If he said thus, the speckled shall be your wages, then all the flocks bore speckles. And if he said thus, the streaks shall be your wages, then all the flocks bore streaks. So God has taken away the livestock of your father and given them to me. And it happened at the time when my flocks were conceived that I lifted my eyes and saw in a dream, and behold, the rams which leaped upon the flocks were streaked, speckled, and gray spotted. Then the angel of God spoke to me in a dream, saying, Jacob, and I said, Here I am. And he said, Lift up your eyes now and see all the rams which have leaped on the flocks are streaked and speckled and gray spotted, and I've seen that all of the, that Laban is doing to you. I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed the pillar and where you made a vow to me. Now arise and get you out of this land and return to the land of your family. I'm also going to read verse 17. Then Jacob rose and set his sons and his wives on camels. So, The thing that I want to point out with this is just that we know all the things about Jacob. Lots of things that you're like, 
how did God use this guy? But, and I, as I was reading through these passages, that kept coming up to me. I mean, you just read some of the other accounts, and again, we don't have time to go into them, but you're like, why? Why would God use this guy? But when the chips were down, Jacob heard the word of God. He listened to God, and then he acted on it. And we see him, you know, he packs his camels and goes. And again, that is the type of person that God can use and will use. And I also just want to, again, contrast that with just, and we all know the story of Jacob and Esau, but if we turn back to chapter 27, and I just very briefly want to read 27, verse 34. Then Esau... So I have the wrong passage here, but the, um, the verse that I'm looking for is actually 41. So Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, the days of mourning for my father are at hand. Then I will kill my brother. And so you just have that contrast between the two. Esau's response was hatred. And it is something that God wasn't able to use. Even though you know, Esau was cheated out of his birthright, we see a very different kind of innate response between those two. And then finally, we want to turn to the story of Joseph. And, I, and we're going to go all the way to Genesis 45, verse 1 through 8. So, looking at the story of Joseph. Then Joseph could not restrain himself. He stood before all those who stood by him and cried out, Make everyone go out from me. So no one stood with him while Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept out loud, and the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard it. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Does my father still live? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed in his presence. And Joseph said to his brothers, Please come near me. So they came near him. Then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you have sold into Egypt. But now do not know, therefore, but now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves, because you sold me here, for God sent me before you to preserve life. For these two years the famine has been in the land, and there are still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. But God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save your life by deliverance. So now it was not you who sent me here, but God, and he has made me a father to Pharaoh and, through, and Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout the land of Egypt. And so here we have 
a story that is one of, I don't know, the top 10 stories every child knows about the story of Joseph, his coat of many colors, and you know, going to Egypt. But the thing about Joseph that I'm struck with is he is a very different person than Jacob. Um, he's somebody who, at least the accounts that we have, is someone of high integrity. Um, you know, he's really the golden boy of Genesis. Um, but even in all of that, he shows forgiveness and he, to his brothers. He has a very different, at the point here where he could have done many different things, he shows forgiveness and he also worships God. And we continue to see that same theme through all of these men, all of these characters in the Old Testament, um, in Genesis, that are men of God's heart, and they, they continue to worship and obey God. When God tells them something, they, they pick up, and they go, and they do. Um, and it's just, it continues to just be a challenge as, we, as I read through these passages. I feel like every time I do, I see these different themes. And so this today, this is the theme that I, I continue to come back to. And I think Genesis 15, verse 6, is one of the, the passages that is repeated numerous times. And he believed in the... It's talking about Abraham, so I'll, I'll, start, I'll start in verse 4. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, heir but who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look toward the heavens and count the stars, if you are able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. And verse 6, And he believed in the Lord and accounted it to him for righteousness. And those are the words that I just, my heart and my prayer for each of us at this church is that that could be said of us. And if you wonder, like, how important is that simple verse? It's repeated in Romans. It's repeated in Galatians. It's repeated in James. And in some ways, it is the, the theme that carries through the Old Testament. And all of these people who, all these men of God, they believe in the Lord, and they acted on it. So I think that's really the challenge that I'm hoping to leave with each of us today is as we go through the next weeks, the next months, the rest of our lives, is that what people will say with us about us, but also is that the way we are responding to the circumstances around us? So with that, um, I'll turn the time back to Dave.